Ready. On this episode. There was like gangsters, you know, and a lot of people getting stabbed and everything. These are places that you really got to watch your back. They slapped this folder on the table and then they took me to the interrogation room. Why did um, the law enforcement get involved? Her daughter seen that I, that I touched her. After that, um, things got ugly. It was like uh, I wasn't like in a movie. On today's show, we have David, who was wrongfully accused of a crime. And there are more innocent people in our jail cells today than ever before. You know, the rate of exonerations continue to rise. And this is only proof that we have an unreliable system of criminal justice. Okay, David, so you're here to tell us all about your nasty divorce, how they accused you of a crime you did not do, and served some jail time. I cannot even imagine what you went through. So first of all, tell me a little bit about your relationship with this woman. We got along great. I mean, we um, we got together, you know, in the beginning we met through, of course, MySpace, you know, back then, you know, and then it, it grew to something nice. All right. So you guys got married. How long were you guys together? Six years. And you had a daughter or something with her? Yeah. We had a daughter. She was uh, born on uh, September 8th, 2008, and we named her Elia. After that, um, things got ugly. She um, had a daughter from a previous marriage, and then um, she was staying there. And then she, of course, um, she's, her daughter seen that I, that I touched her. And then um, law enforcement got involved, and then, too, I got called in, and then um, they interviewed me. I said, well, I didn't do anything, you know, so... Um, and then what were you thinking when what were you thinking when she accused you? I mean, she knows you for six years. She's been with you. Yeah. You've been a good partner. What, what mm. were you feeling at that moment? It was, it was I, I assume it was very surreal. It was like um, I wasn't like in a movie. I didn't really think it, this was happening to me. I was like, this is, are you kidding me? It's like I'm, it's like a dream. When did the law enforcement get involved what happened they, they went to your house they they took you to, to the no to they the called station? they called me they called me to come in from some questioning okay so what happened so in I that went, questioning when you were there sitting? i went in yeah i went in and then they they, they slapped this folder on the table and then they took me to the interrogation room and then um they slapped a folder they go oh, we were you're gonna get a report that you were you know you're being accusing of this so well, i didn't do anything you know, so if, if you want to do what you want to do, I told him, do what you want to do. But I know I didn't do anything. And, and then, of course, did you the ask to speak is, to a lawyer? Did you keep talking? How was the, that situation? No, I just said, you know, I said, do what you need to do. You know, I said, you know, because I didn't know I didn't do anything. Though. And they do well, they handcuffed me and they took me to the cruiser and they took me to the, you know, to the, to the jail. In their minds, you were guilty. Yeah, they, they, they went ahead and proceeded on everything. You know, usually they take you in for questioning and, and you get a lawyer or something, but... Yeah, I said, okay, I complied, you know, and, you know, it was cooperative. Looking back now, do you wish <laughs> that you would have said you needed a lawyer or something? Yes, yes. You didn't know I the mean, laws, right? You didn't know the yeah, laws. Yeah, yeah, because this is new. This is all new to me. I didn't, you know, it's like, I didn't know. That's the, that's the thing, I you know. If I knew... Then of course it would have you know it probably would have been a different uh, a different turnaround. You know it's funny because we see I've seen a lot of and uh, shows and investigations and stuff how they take the person in, and if you know it's always a uh, it's always bad when they don't 
ask for a lawyer or their rights to see a lawyer. And yeah. then the, they try to get you all the way. Yeah, that's their little technique and everything and then cues you for something you didn't do. But, yeah. you know, I guess them, them here, the victim one. And then I guess I fell through their, through their game, you know. Yeah. So now that you are handcuffed, what were you thinking on your way to wherever they were taking you? What was that like? What was that situation like? It's scary because that never happened to me ever, you know. But I, you know, played it cool, you know, and just went, went with it, you know. I mean, you played it cool, but were you like telling them I didn't do You kept telling them that you didn't do it and, you know. No, I just, I would, you know, I, didn't, I don't talk about my charge. I mean, I, when they ask me, and they, well, all their job is, is just to take you in and hold you in and then just wait till you see a judge, you know. Okay. So yeah. then at that point, were you assigned a lawyer? Yeah, I was. And what did he tell you? Not to talk, not to talk too much. Don't talk anymore. Got it. And what did you plead? I pleaded no contest, meaning that I'm not guilty, guilty or not guilty. No contest means that, you know, you're, you obviously, you know, you know, you didn't, you're not saying you're guilty or not saying you didn't do it or Was not that uh, the lawyer told you that that was your best bet? Yeah. And just take the offer, what they have, because in cases like this is just um, very sensitive, you know. And then um, he told me, if you don't take the deal, then you're gonna you're looking in um, life in prison, you know. Wow. wow. Yeah, it's serious. So, so not only not, not only were you in shock that this was going on, were you thinking about your family, what they would think, or friends, or what was that? Yeah, what was that going through your mind? How did they take it? How did you know? What, what were they telling you? Your friends and and family. It's, it's scary, you know, but they have my back, you know, don't worry, we'll, you know, we'll be there through everything, you know, wherever I go through, you know. Yeah. And did you, so did you lose any friends in the process that, you know, you saw that they weren't real no, friends? No, I didn't have any much friends, you know, you know, just maybe a few, but they understood. I mean, they're, you know, they're, I still talk to them. All right. So then what, what was next for you? No, I just went through the... Once I pleaded, you know, and took the deal, you know, they, I got transferred to um, this holding facility and stayed there for a good year, you know, a second. So and then I didn't, what type of facility? Like a jail? Yeah, it's like a jail facility where they hold a lot of people in one room, like like maybe 50 in one room, you know. You, or you were staying with 50 people in one room for a year? Yeah. Like two bunk beds. They had a bunk bed on top and then a bottom, you know. Yeah. So it was like and a, it's all in one room. A, yeah. So it was like a bunch of bunk bunk beds that fit fifty people. Yeah. For a whole year. Mm-hmm. And what was that experience like, David, when you were in there? Were there like the gangster type of guys that wanted to beat you up? Anything like that? No, this it's not like you've seen the movies. A lot of people think like, Oh man, you better watch back. No, it's just it, you get all variety, but they're nice people. They're very, some people are nice. Some people just don't want to be your friend, you know. But the main thing is just, just to be cool and just go with the flow. You know, don't, um, you know, a lot of people are there because, you know, you know they, they did something stupid or they it was their, uh, their fifth time going in there, you know. But when I got there, everybody was very nice, you know, and, no, no gangsters or no anything like that, you know. They just they just want to get it over with and do their time and then go, you know. 
Got it. So I'm sure there's different facilities for different types of, of clients. Yes. And stuff. Got it. Mm-hmm. And um, during your first days there, how, how were you? How did you handle that? You could, it was a surreal. Yeah, it was. I mean, you know, the first couple of days, it was just kind of scary because I didn't know what to, what what to look for. You know, what to it. So I asked questions. I talked to people, and then they helped me out. And this is not even prison yet. This is just a holding facility. Got it. So what yeah. was the next steps after after that? Yeah, they um, they transport you to this um, other facility that does the uh, transition to what camp you're going to go to in Florida. So you're there for a good month, and then you what, you uh, they check camp? you out. They what What do you mean? What and, camp? Um, you're assigned um, a person that will ask you questions like, "What do you want to do?" Like. You want to go to a program, you want to learn, or you just want to do time and everything, no? And then they check for your, you know, they check your teeth, you know, and then after that, they they process everything. And then from all that, what all the information that everybody says, they're assigned to different camps in Florida, though. Okay. And yeah. uh, what what camp were you, you were assigned to a specific camp? Well, there was a lot of people, a lot of buses there to taking a lot of people to different camps. Well, how are the camps? Bad. I mean, it's like I, I was blessed not to go to those kind of camps because it, there was me and a handful of people that went to this that I went to the special camp. That's a, it's a program camp, and I was blessed to go there. And it was only like ten of us that went in one bus and they had like six, seven buses full with people going through different camps. And those camps were like bad, you know, there was like gangsters, you know, and a lot of people getting stabbed and everything. These are places that you really got to watch your back. And um, I was blessed not to go there. So it was a big relief for me that I went to this special camp that, that kind of made me stay away from, you know that. Why, why do you think you were selected to the special camp? Because of what what I wanted. I wanted to uh, study. I wanted to learn. I wanted to you know be in a program camp. Some people just don't don't care, and I say I just want to want to do my time and just the hell with it. I say okay. Got it. All right. So you are now at this new camp. What? How was that like? Of course, there's some people there that come in, you know, and then they still got to learn, you know, to to survive in there too. I mean, sometimes uh, families send money to their, you know, to their people in there, you know, to help them out with food or canteen stuff, you know. Some people don't make that, don't have any family, and then they have to hustle to get what they want, you know. Meaning they have to sell things inside to get what they need. This is part of your year, or this is after the year with the 50 people in that room? After the year. Okay, after the year, you were, did you have a court date after the year? No, I just they uh, yeah that rest of the year they they sent me to the court day you know and then I got sentenced to that was a sentence to yeah two two and a half years in prison oh boy so then now yeah. you're in prison for two and a half years in that camp yeah mm-hmm. okay so now that you're there did you think that you should have said not guilty did you think a lot of things must have gone through your mind well my lawyer you know advised me to say plead no contest you know and just go what he said because if I didn't of course the state would have just uh, slammed me you know because this is like a very delicate situation you know and my lawyer just was tried everything he could not for them to 
change their mind or change it to a higher sentence. Um, as you're doing your sentence, how are your days and nights? Were they long? Were they short? Were you desperate? Uh, it's a, it gets claustrophobic, you know, when you're in a room uh, with another person. You know, the same room, same bed, you know. You got to find ways to get your mind going, you know, and uh, read a book. Sometimes you get books. Sometimes you write. You draw. You keep your mind going, you know, because, you know, if you don't, if you don't, you go just go crazy, you know, just start doing, you know, drugs in there too, you know, because people do get drugs in there somehow or find ways to uh, get in trouble, you know, or, but you did always you, get yourself you out. You try any of the yeah. drugs? No. Did you have? Did you have to worry about any bullies or anything? Um, you the the guys that when you get there, the people the thing is that you cannot show them weakness in there because the very first sign of weakness that they see in you, they're going to bully you throughout the whole time you're there. Though, you know, you got to learn how to read people very well. Um, not not. Uh, tell them too much about yourself. You know, always you want to keep it nice and simple when you talk to people, because if you tell them a lot more, you know, they might take it as weakness. Got it. It's like, it's like walking yeah. on eggshells there. Um, yeah. Did you see, did you see people that were weak and got beaten up and stuff? Yes, I did. A lot of people like, they like to bet because, you know, people like people like betting games and everything now. And then when they do, they don't pay what they owe. The moon thing, things they told me is always pay what you owe and don't be a snitch. So what what is that you owe? Like what, what was it that you would buy? Like owing, like if you bet on a game, because there's a lot of betting when games, when, uh, when the game season is on. You do bets. If you don't pay what you owe, I mean, you, you'll get even beat up. You'll go to your room. You'll get a couple of people that go to your room and then you're still stop beating you up. And the guards don't do anything, I bet. No, they, 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 there are ways of getting around that though. Got it. What was the worst thing you saw there? I didn't see nothing, um, witness like bad though. I mean, the only thing I saw is somebody, uh, when we were standing in line, an officer trying to make an example out of somebody for not listening. So what they did is they grabbed him and pushed him against the fence and, and then, you know, it made him bleed and all that stuff, too. And then started saying all these curse words. And then we were standing in line. And then, you know, he was causing trouble. So it was he was the perfect person that he can, they can make an example out of. Looking back now, what what was it that you learned being being in that in, in that jail cell? I learned um, to be more aware of your surroundings. Always learn, always read people and be careful about, you know, who you hang out with or who do you trust? I've learned how to um, read people very well and know how, if somebody's lying to me or not and staying away from trouble. So your intuition opened up. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You're, you're approaching the day you leave and now what? Well, I'm getting ready. Um, we're about, I was about, my parents helped me out to get a place to transition, it's a transition area that helps you. Your parents, we didn't talk about that. What was your parents' reaction when this offers happened? What were they? What were they telling you? They were scared for me in the beginning, but after these years, they came and visited me uh, once or twice a month, and they were very supportive through all this. Good. 
Very, and I told very... him I'm okay. Everything's fine. Don't worry about me. I'm okay. I'm good. You know, here, no. Good. And I'm sure they kept questioning, did he do it? Did he do it? They were all curious, right? No, no. After that, no, no, no. Did I say, no, I didn't do it. You know, they say, they know it's, you know, they should have, you know, they told me they should have not, you should have left my ex-wife a long time ago. All right. So now, now that you're leaving now, one thing is on your mind and I'm sure it was on your mind the whole time you were there, um, was your daughter. Yeah. Tell me about that experience about not being part of her life. Yeah. Um, my daughter was, you know, the last time I saw her was of course, 2013 on her birthday. You know, she turned five. Um, the last day I saw her and knowing that I wasn't going to see her again, I told her that don't forget that daddy loves you and, and, you know, I'm always going to be here for you. Just please do not forget that, you know, because I knew I was not going to see her no more after that, you know. How old was she at, at that point? Five. Yeah. And have you had any communication? Nothing at all, right? No, nothing. No. I mean, there's only briefs um, from her, um, the grandmother, you know, and then, my parents got to see her a few times after that, you know, just my parents, but with me, nothing, you know, not knowing like, um, how she's doing and what she's up to, how she's doing in school, how's her health. It's just, it's the not knowing is what sometimes it hits me. Before 2013, you had a house, you had a family, you had everything yeah. and you lost it all went to jail and mm-hmm. now you're starting your life all over again. You got, Correct. You got a job, which is good, and you you feel like you're finally getting kind of back in track. Um, tell me what else happened after after you got your job and stuff. How's your life changed as far as before? When you're looking back now and as to now, um, what is it that that you feel that you know that why all this happened? Do you have any clue why? What's on your mind? Well, it, it's happened because um, it. it that life is um, very precious and um, and it's evil too at the same time. If you know, if you don't watch what you're what you're doing in life in the real world, then it's gonna come and bite you, and then you're gonna feel it, and then um, you're gonna you know that person of course you know once they feel it of course they'll pass on the same story to the other, you know, and so on and so on. No. People are just not paying attention of how how the world is really corrupted, you know, how the you know, how the world corrupts people and then of course you end up, you know, a victim like myself, like this, what I've gone through. But it's a learning experience, you know. It's probably a, a way that God took me out of that situation and it and he had to do something that heavy for me to come out of that situation because he has something better for me from what I came out of. And from what, um, from what, from what I have now, it's a blessing because from the transition home that I was there, you know, I, I saved up a lot of money, you know, I've, you know, my plan was to get my house and, and get my car, you know, cause I only had like $60 in my pocket when I left. That's it. And uh, you know. and as far as relationship goes, you have a new uh, relationship, correct? Yes, I do. 
been very supportive of my situation and very supportive for me and helping me out through my hard times. You know, when I need somebody to talk to, she's there for me. You know, and she's been great and very supportive. You know, that's what I was going to you know? ask you. So when you first told her the story, I mean, I'm sure you didn't say it off the bat. No, I mean, after maybe five days after I told her five days after what was her reaction at that moment? She was a little shocked, you know, um, she needed a little time to, um, to get, you know, to get to let it dwell in, you know, and then, um, she, after that, she gave me a chance, you know, and then we just bloomed from there and everything. You know, Great. And now you know? if you had your ex-wife and that and her daughter right in front of you now, what, what message would, would you like to tell them if you had them in front of you? Oh, wow. <laughs> um, well, it's going to kind of, it's a little bit of anger and a little bit of forgiveness, but I would tell them that I'm sorry that I couldn't be the man that you wanted me to be for everything. But thank you at the same time. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of your lives. And now um, I have a better one. And what would you tell your daughter if she was listening to this right now? I will tell her that her dad, um, that her dad misses her a lot, you know, and um, not to worry that we will be together again soon. But um, my 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 still think about her a lot, you know, and I still have my moments that I, it's hard. It's still it's still hard, you know, because she was very close to me. She's like, you know, every time I know, you know, I will go and see her and everything, you know, it's like a blessing every day. She was like my life, you know, but now it's like. Every day, it's like the one thing I'm missing is just her. You know, it's like my heart is not complete. So, but I know and I pray that I'll see her again soon. Maria, if you're listening to this, you have a great dad here that um, that wants to be part of your life, and hopefully, uh, you'll reach out to him whenever you're ready. Thank you, David, for being on the pod and uh, sharing your story. And David, one more thing. Don't fall off the pod. For more on the pod, you can go to podwithme.com. Now you can be part of the conversation by leaving comments. And there's a section for those who love to be a guest on the show. And you can also listen to the pod on any podcast app. This is Alex J. Aguiar. And until next time, don't fall off the pod. Ready.